in today's show. I'm looking ahead to Saturday's games in the NBA, streaming options for Saturday and for the weekend back-to-back. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. I'm here to talk about the what we're watching for in Saturday's games, and it's a weird one, right? Because there's just so many back-to-backs happening that a lot of the games are happening on Friday and happening on Saturday. Well, Josh, couldn't you have waited? And I want to use this as just an explanation again for people who may have forgotten, people who are new to the channel. I I work a lot, obviously. I do a lot of stuff. And at some point, there is a line that I, that I have to cross. I can't work 100 hours a week. I, I would not last, especially being sick, right? But that's beside the point. Um, I made it a rule a few years ago um, that I don't do the recap shows um, for my weekend, which is Saturday, Sunday. So after Friday's games and after Saturday's games. Number of reasons. Again, I can't do... Because a show is not 30 minutes or 40 minutes, right? It's four hours of or three hours of prep. It's another hour of editing and posting it's it's a full day's work right to to do all that stuff i still write recaps of these games on basketballmonster.com but it's not as labor intensive to do that for those gut days um and the reason that i don't do them on those days is that he's the weekend here so it's to spend time with my partner who's not at work on those times it's to do things like events like for example my mum's birthday is this weekend if i was working i wouldn't be able to attend that um, it's my son and sport who plays football or tennis or cricket across weekend things and be able to be a part of that and just general things that happen on the weekend. So yes, I know the reason, well, why don't you just not do the games on Thursday, Josh, and, and give us these ones on this day? That's the reason is so I can have the two days where I'm sort of relaxed and, and chilled and do that back to, I still work, I'm obviously doing this show, but it's in much smaller quantities, I couldn't last, I wouldn't be still be doing the podcast the way that I am now, if I'd continued to do it working 100 hours a week, I wouldn't be able to do that, um, so that's why there is no recap, now you can always drop comments in the video, if you want specific answers about stuff on Friday, Saturday, you can become a member of Basketball Monster and you get my thoughts on every game over there, that happens and I write little comments and we adjust the projection straight away. But in order for me to maintain a sort of normal work-life balance with providing myself some of that time on the weekends to do things with my family, that is the decision that I had to make. Um, that decision is not changing at any point um, soon. It's, I don't think it's ever going to change really. So there won't be recap shows um, or live pregame shows on the, for the Friday or Saturday games. That's just the way that it's going to be. I understand that for some of you that might be um, inconvenient, but 
it's a decision that, that I had to make and that decision holds for this season. I hope you guys understand those uh, that reasoning. It's not because I'm lazy. I don't think anyone would say that about what that what I do. Um, but that's that's the reasoning behind that is just to have some um, normalcy and some family time and some downtime in what is a crazy, well, let's be honest, I work for like 10 months of the year, but a really con- crazy condensed six months of the season where I'm already doing 80 hours or so uh, a week of work to, to bring this show and all the other stuff that I do to to people that uh, enjoy it and care about it. So now that that little sermon is out of the way, I, again, I hope you guys do understand and I hope that that makes some sense and I, I understand that there can be frustration with that. But you know, I'm always available in other avenues to give thoughts on things. Um, one other thing, if you do tweet at me with a specific question about someone, don't delete the tweet. I, I hate that. That might be just a personal pet peeve. If you ask me a question and then I reply and you delete the tweet, you just you're going to get muted because I have obviously thousands of followers. So sometimes I'll quote tweet things or people will ha- have the exact same question. You're not alone in these questions. So instead of me answering a thousand individual questions, I can answer it all in one fell swoop. Um, but if you delete the tweet, then my response doesn't mean anything, and that annoys me. So there you go. Um, again, you might not like that, but uh, that's again, I have to try and do things for the betterment of um, my audience, the industry, myself, my family. And you know, there all those things that need to be weighted together. That is a wildly long intro. I do apologize for that. I don't think we'll do the laugh, but you never know. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> oh, we're getting better. All right, Spurs Sixers. Um, I'm going to put a little back to back designation. You can see that on the video for teams that are playing the back to back Friday, Saturday. The Spurs are one of those, so we don't know exactly what will happen in that Spurs game at the time of me recording this on Friday, Um, but I do want to watch the Josh Primo situation really closely. Him and Trey Jones were splitting minutes in that first game. I'm not sure Primo is going to have the consistency, but I did add him in a 12-team league just to see. It's I think the I think I added him in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. We have the one extra extended bench. We've got a 14-man roster, and he sits on there at the moment. He will have issues with field goal percentage. You've got to watch that, but I'm watching to see that. And then I also want to watch um, the horse, Kelton Johnson. Whose horse is that? I expect that he is going to continue to be really strong with usage, but I want to see what else he is doing. Are we going to see any development in his um, passing, in his um, playmaking for others, in his defensive ability or defensive stats? That's going to be key. For the Sixers, they don't have a back-to-back. Oh, by the way, the Sixers are 13.5-point favorites here. Surely they get their first win of the season here. Joel Embiid, allegedly, according to Doc Rivers, but I don't know, Doc Rivers is full of shit. Um, he was dealing with plantar fasciitis in the off-season, so he's out of shape. Like, I, I, we can tell that he's out of shape. He's not giving any effort at all, really. I wonder, it's great to hear about it now. Like, I don't know, injury reporting in the NBA, I know there's competitive advantages that they think they can get. It's pretty frustrating, though, um, for fans, for media, for fantasy people alike. And I think there needs to be a little bit more clarity on that stuff. Why should they owe fantasy people um, information? It's because it should be part of the collective bargaining agreement. If you're going to use things like fantasy and gambling to draw in audiences, you've got to be up front with them. Um, Embiid dealing with that plantar fasciitis. I don't think it's going to cause him to miss any time, but maybe that's a reason for the down start to the year. And I also want to watch the wave pool D'Anthony Mountain. I think you can drop him. I wouldn't say that he necessarily has to be jacked off, but I think you can... If yeah, it makes sense to grab a hot free agent, this is the time to grab the hot free agents, to grab the Aldamas or Hartensteins or Durans or Matherins or whoever, right? Who's whoever's got that opportunity arising, Dasunmu. Like the, now's the time to grab them. 
Um, and Melton, look, this was the problem we hit. We thought he could be 110, 130th, provide maybe a steal, 1.2 steals, which could have value. But the, the upside play wasn't there. It just wasn't because how do you get 27 minutes or 26 minutes? You can't with those other guys ahead of him. And when you're talking, you know, he, he moves more towards a guy that we like into a guy that I shit on, like not shitting on him, but where's the upside? Like your Contavious Caldwell Pope, your Darren Finney-Smith, except he's got less upside because he plays fewer minutes. And maybe he proves me wrong here. And I know there'll be other people who are willing to hold on because we know that he can be a per-minute guy, but permanent production doesn't actually mean anything unless you've got a chance of getting those minutes. And he doesn't. Like, he, he doesn't have a chance of getting those minutes. And they're not even playing Thibel, Milton, or Korkmaz. So if Doc ever decides to throw one of those guys into the mix, it doesn't get worse for Harden or Maxi. It gets worse for Melton. So I would suggest there's maybe even downside versus more upside. That probably deserves a jack, to be honest. Get that garbage out of here! No injuries sitting there at the moment. For uh, for that game, but that could change, of course. It's never going to change the bet online is your number one source, though, for football and betting information at the start of the betting season. Well, not betting season, the basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. That's what you want. You want that in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, bet online is your continued source for sports wagering information, and that also includes live betting and up-to-the-minute scores. If you want to have a look at the Clippers in their second game, you can check that they're five and a half point favorites against the Kings in that game on Saturday. BetOnline has all that information there for you. So go to BetOnline.net and check in on basketball, but also Major League Baseball playoffs. I think the Padres might be playing today, so I'll check in on that one. NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay. The Pistons and the Pacers. Both of these teams are on a back-to-back they're playing Friday, they're playing Saturday, so no rest advantage. The Pistons are one and a half point favorites. Pacers fans, I'm sorry, I think you might be really bad. I think this team might be really bad. And we know that, I know I've, in this out section, I don't have the updated injury report because they haven't played, but Miles Turner won't play in that game. So you, we know that's going to be uh, an absence, but there might be other injuries to there. Of course, on the Detroit side of things, we're already watching him on Friday, but we're going to watch him on Saturday. Jalen Duran. What do they do with him and Stewart? How do the minutes look? But I also want to watch the depressed penis, someone who I'm not particularly high on as a player, as I think you'll be all well aware of. What does he do to provide value for fantasy teams if someone like Boyan and Ivy are getting the shots? And his shots, which they haven't most of the time in his career, don't fall. Um, He's not a droppable player yet. He moves pretty close to it, though. He's moving pretty close. For the Pacers... Obviously, the question is, and we'll get another answer to that in Friday's games, is what do they do without Turner? Do they go with the Red Rooster again? Or do we finally get some um, Isaiah Jackson? But I want to see Jalen Smith, who's dealing with this knee problem. Does he actually even play? He's been listed questionable in both games. Does he play the back-to-back? How does he look? And then Benedict Matherin, who was great in game one. I don't know if the Pistons really have the game plan, coaching acumen, or players to necessarily slow him down if he gets going again. So how he looks against another bad opponent will be really, really intriguing for us. And if he can get it done again there, I'll be pretty happy with it. The next game is the Celtics and the Magic. Both of these teams are on a back-to-back as well. The Celtics are seven-point favorites. There's no total out for a lot of these games. We do have spreads. Um, I want to watch Al Horford. Does he play in the back-to-back? That's number one. 
because he said that he will, and I think they absolutely need him, given the absence of Rob Williams. He was relatively poor against the Sixers. Let's see how much he, you don't drop him, um, and surely you haven't dropped him, but let's see if he turns that around. I also want to watch Malcolm Brogdon, by extension, the Brogdon and White and maybe Peyton Pritchard minutes, how they distribute them. Brogdon was pretty good, game one, but does he play the back-to-back? And what does his minutes look like? For the Magic, Cole Anthony is available to play in Friday's game, so we expect that he will play in this one. And then what does that mean for him and Suggs and how all that rotation and Terrence Ross goes? And then also Mo Bamba. Where do they position Bamba? Is he still going to be buried behind Bowl and behind Carter? Or can he move into a larger role? Again, much like my discussion on De'Anthony Melton, I'm not sure there's much upside in Mo Bamba for this season. It would, would require an injury or two for him to really crack in to be a 12-team league guy, and I'm not sure that that's worth holding on to. Cavs and Bulls. Back-to-back for Chicago, not for Cleveland. I don't expect Darius Garland to play, but we don't have official word on that just yet. Garland is questionable with that eye injury. If he is out, that really does open things up for Karis LeVert as a starter. It opens it up for the Discman, CD Arsman, who will probably get a start as well, and Evan, Evan Mobley who probably gets a little bit more ball creation and a little bit more usage in this scenario. So we want to see, A, if Mobley can take advantage of Garland's alleged, presumed, that's the right word, presumed absence. Um, We want to see if he just sort of stays the same guy. For the Bulls, it is a back-to-back. We want to see, um, well, number one, this is, again, I, I hate this organization with an absolute passion. don't hate the fans. I don't hate the players. I hate the organization. Um, Zach Levine is not playing on Friday, knee injury management, but he will play on this game with no minutes limit. So again, let's go through the timeline of Zach Levine's knee. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no structural damage. Zach Levine undergoes surgery. Um, he's fully healthy. He's ready to go. Um, Zach Levine plays in preseason. Um, no, no setback. He's fully He's healthy. He's ready to go. Um, doesn't play in opening night or the second game due to knee injury management. Oh, so there must be something wrong. No, no, he's fine. Oh, but now he's not actually limited in minutes. So I don't know what's going on. I, I can't explain it, but I want to see how he looks, how much he plays, and then what that what does that do for Dusunmu, who had a really strong game one, and the usage is going to be up when Levine is out. How does he adjust, and how do the minutes look with him and Caruso and White and Dragic when Levine is in? That's going to be really key. We know Rubio's out, we know Lonzo's out, and we're still waiting, of course, on that status of uh, Gallo. The Rockets and the Bucks is a back-to-back for Houston. The bo- uh, the box, the B- Milwaukee Bucks, uh, 12.5.5 in this game. Oh, that was a terrible South African accent. Apologies for that. 12.5 point favorites, of course. We want to see the Bruno, Fernando, Alperen, Shangun um, rotation again for the third time. What do they do in that scenario? And this is a back-to-back for Houston. So I am expecting that Eric Gordon does not play. I don't know whether the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, is going to play. Tate is out for Friday. Maybe he returns for this one, um, but we, we haven't heard that. I just I just got word, actually, as, as I'm recording this, that um, Al Horford is expected to play in the back-to-back. Um, so there you go. We, we got that news. Um, so we don't know if Tate's going to play, but I expect Eric Gordon sits on the back-to-back. So what does that mean for Tari preseason? Does he step into a larger role, or do they just go with Tate and Martin and Eason stays uh, third string? If Tate is out, do they actually go and start Eason? Or is it KJ that starts? Will Silas pull the handbrake off at all? 
Or will he just be like, you're too little and too young and we've got to sit you in the corner with like one of those leashes that people put on kids? Like, is it, that's, we, we want to see this. Because if in the, in the game with Gordon sits, which I expect, and Tate is out and Easton still plays 20 minutes, and see you later. It's just not going to happen for months. You can get rid of him. For the Bucks, Brook Lopez was great opening night. I don't expect that level of usage or scoring from Brookie. And the minutes were really intriguing. Against a bad team, does he go back to 26, 27 minutes? That's going to be key. And then Grayson Allen can be a nice little points and threes streaming source. And he's going to have a sizable role. We know Middleton, Ingles, and Connaughton will be out. Back-to-back for the Raptors and the Heat. They're playing each other here. Um, I think something just blew up then on the sound. Sorry if, if that just happened. I, I do apologize for that. Um, the Heat are three-point favorites in this one. No total available at the moment. People were saying that my um, my volume was too low. I think it's part because I lost my voice. I tried to bump it up. So apologies if it's now too loud. I'm trying to get the right mark here. It is a back-to-back. Now, I don't expect that Nick Nurse and his insane decisions sits Fred Van Vliet. But is there any limitation on Van Vliet? How does his knees hold up to another 39-minute game, most likely on Friday? And what does that mean for guys like Banton or Flynn or Barnes and how they play in that role? Christian Coloco got minutes on opening night, but there is a chance that Boucher is out Friday. He might return. There is Ken Birch, who might be available as well. So where does Coloco fit in with those guys, with Thad, with um, Precious Achua as well? I like Coloco, but there's just a lot of big men coming off that bench. For the Heat, Kyle Lowry was really bad opening night. Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. I don't expect that they sit him down on a back-to-back, but it's not its not completely going to be ruled out here. So let's see how he looks, A, not only on Friday, but on this game, or if they play him at all. And if he's out, then Gabriel Vincent is the guy we want. Bam Adebayo was pretty bad opening night as well. Let's see if we can get... Uh, Bam is, is a weird guy because we know the success that he had being that real focal point of the offense in terms of passing and distributing and a lower usage guy, then he tried to change his game, and they tried to change his role, and the assist dropped, and the usage went up, and it didn't really work, and then he's gone even higher in usage this season, and it struggled in game one. Let's sort of see where he settles in, because it hasn't been an encouraging start in that first game. Grizzlies and Mavs are the next one. Memphis is on a back-to-back. Dallas is not. Dallas is five-point favorites. We're always going to be watching Santiel Dama. Um, more importantly is the minutes between him and Clark. Last game, Clark was in foul trouble, but Aldama still outstripped him pretty comfortably, and I think he would have, um, irrespective of the fouls, but that's one we're going to have to continually watch. And then Des Bain, um, who the usage is great. I, we don't expect that Zaire or De- Dylan Brooksy Brooks will play. But if they do, you're watching where Bain fits and how the usage and all that sort of stuff goes is important. For the Mavs, Jason Kidd screwed it up last game and the frustration of not playing Christian Wood enough was felt by Mavs fans and fantasy managers everywhere. Does Kidd realize that maybe he needs to do more of that? We'll see. Wood also, after hitting like 83% of his free throws in the preseason, went at 30%, I think, in that first game. So I'd like to see that improve somewhat. But we knew that drafting Wood, we were dealing with a punt free throw guy. We hoped that we wouldn't, but we knew that we we had to account for that situation. Um, and then Spencer Didwitty, who I was going to say I'm hoping for him to improve. I'm not sure that he does because sort of what he did in, in the opening night was the reason why he's not a highly thought of fantasy contributor for category leagues is the, the lack of counters, the lack of efficiency at times. Let's see if there's any change there, but I'm not sure there will be. They've already ruled Bertans and Nilakina out. Uh, Memphis, we don't know about Brooks or Zaire, and of course, Jaron will remain out for them. The Thunder and the Nuggets. 
Back-to-back for Denver, and Denver is seven and a half point favorites in this one. I want to watch Alexei Pokashevsky, who I expect fully to start again. At set, whether it's center or power forward, it doesn't really matter. I expect him to start. I don't know whether they'll start Kenrich Williams or they'll go with Jeremiah Robinson Earl or they'll go with Usman Jeng or they'll go with Darius Baisley. But I think Poku is going to be a starter there and he probably should be on a 12-team roster. I also want to watch Josh Giddy, who took a step back with Shea back in the lineup. Let's Is he a 16 or 17-point guy or a 14-point guy? How do the assists look? Can he maintain that? How does the shooting look? It's the second opportunity for him to do this next to Shea this season, so we'll see how that goes. For the Nuggets, it is a back-to-back for them. I don't expect, and this time, I don't believe he's been ruled out, but I think he's doubtful, and that's the headmaster, Jamal Murray. I don't think he plays in Friday's game, and he should return here. He played like 26 minutes on opening night, even with an ankle sprain that caused him to miss some time, so I think he's going to be playing 30 basically straight away. And then what does that mean for someone like old mate um, Bones Highland, the big stiffy, where his minutes come? I also want to see Bruce Brown. I also want to watch Michael Porter Jr. There's no word that he sits the back-to-back. I'd be surprised if he doesn't sit one of these games, but we don't know that. And watching, um, yeah, if he is out, then that really does help someone like a Bruce Brown or even like a Christian Brown. Two Browns spelled different, um, coming off the bench for some extra minutes. But Brown is the, the Brucey, the shark. He is the one that we, we do really want to watch because he was the guy that came in and played some point guard last game. Baby shark, um, playing ahead of Bones Highland. We know that the Bronco, Jalen Williams, is out. Broncos country. Let's ride. And we'll talk about this later in the streaming section. Um, that, that opens up some bench minutes for some guards. He's out seven to 10 days with a face fracture. We're already a little bit worried about where he pushed into that role. And this sets him back a little bit. And while we, I like him, I'm not sure he's like a top 80 upside guy that you have to necessarily hold. So that decision is going to be personal. But if you've got injured reserve, you slot him there. But you might have to make tough calls. So watch that. Um, we'll talk about Jalen Smith earlier. He is off the injury report. So that means he'll play Friday. So hopefully we get sticks um, standing by his man and ready to go on Saturday as well. Stand by your man. Um, the last game of the day is the Clippers and the Kings. Neither of these teams are involved in a back-to-back. Great. The Clippers are five and a half point favorites. There is no total available now, but we want to see what happens with Kawhi. He played like 21 minutes coming off the bench. He didn't play for the first quarter and a half, but he did start the second half. I don't think that it's going to be a very long time before Kawhi is playing 30 minutes. I know there is a lot of doomsayers. It'll be like it's my three months until it's happening. I Honestly, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he'll be starting within a week, and I think he could start as early as this game. And I, But I want to see how he performs. John Wall was also pretty good. He played 23 minutes. Um... He was inefficient. He had sky-high usage. I'm tempering some expectations. He's definitely the guy that you want over Reggie Jackson as a fantasy guy. I'm not sure he's at 100% a must-roster got a hold under all circumstances, but he's worth having a look at. And then for the Kings, actually back to the Clippers, this is the first of a back-to-back for them. So you talk about Kawhi. We talk about John Wall. Will they sit this game or will they sit Sunday's game? Even Marcus Morris. I don't think Paul George is going to sit, but Kawhi, Wall, and Morris, I'm watching. Do they sit any of these games? I mean, I mean they do. Kawhi definitely sits one of them. I just don't know which one. Um, for the Kings, Keegan Murray is off the injury report and practicing, so he should be ready to go. I expect they're going to bring him off the bench. And we'll see. Is it 24 minutes off the bench, or is the fact that Casey Okpala starts and plays 14 minutes enough to give him 30? You know, don't do anything stupid with Keegan, like drop him or anything, but we want to watch this. And Sabonis struggled in game one. Hopefully, he's able to do more than that in this one. 
um, that it would be a good test against this Clippers team. We also want to watch Zubats, of course, for the Clippers, who dominated against the Lakers. This is the first of a back-to-back for both of these teams. And um, I said, Murray was listed question. We'll believe he's off the injury report now. Let's look at some streaming, guys. We'll start with looking at back-to-backs, teams that play Saturday, Sunday. All right, so we've got the two mans, Terrence Mann and Trey Mann, good, good streamers. The Duck, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson. I don't think Jackson sits. And if Wall does go out one of those games, there's a big boost for Jackson in one of them. Davion Mitchell, Malik Monk in Sacramento, and Chetty Osman. So we've got the Thunder, we've got the Kings, we've got the Clippers, and we've got the Cavs, who have got that weekend back-to-back with some streaming ability. Osman's a really interesting one if Garland happens to miss time. Because that will obviously give us you know, some more information there. Um or you know, give, gives him a lot, not more information, gives him a larger role is what I'm trying to say. In terms of streaming just for Saturday, for category leagues, KCP is an option. Caleb Martin is an option. Bruce Brown, Chris Duarte has been dropped in a lot of spots, but there's good streaming appeal here. Uh, Grant Williams, Grayson Allen, even JaVale McGee for, for um, big men stats or Killian Hayes for assists and steals. For those deeper formats, I'm looking at Grayson Allen, Killian Hayes, PJ Tucker, Reggie Bullock, uh, Maxi Kleber, Javonte Green, Javon Carter. That's a really good one. Javon Carter and Jeremy Sohan are available everywhere and they're both going to start. So there is some value in both of those guys. And then for points leagues, I like these guys are all available in over 50% of leagues. Lou Dort, KCP, Jalen Duran. Now he's not going to be available in, in most places, but he will be in some. So grab him. Uh, Caleb Martin, Chris Duarte, Bruce Brown, Andre Drummond, Kevin Herter. It brings me to another point that people often go, hey, Josh, yeah, these guys, they're all gone in my league. And... Yeah, I've got to have a, a sort of a cutoff somewhere. Um, yeah, I can't cater to every league, every league's activity. But the reason, like, I'll put Duran on that list because he is 48% rostered on Yahoo. But I will still have people asking me today, hey, I'm thinking, do I add Duran? So I know this is not a fake number. I know he is available in some leagues. And I know he is available in the leagues with some people who watch and listen and follow me. So therefore, I've got to be able to cater to a wide audience. If it doesn't apply to your league, that's that's... Great, it's tough. We've got all these custom tools available on Basketball Monster where you can see who's available and who looks like a better option. But it's really hard to cover every um, every possible outcome and every possible scenario for every possible league. So it's got maybe at some point, and what happens as the season goes on, that roster mark of 50% that I look at probably drops down to 40% as more leagues become inactive to try and find some of those guys. But there's got to be a cutoff at some point. And that... We'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey. And you're on YouTube, you know what to do. You've got to subscribe. You've got to ring the bell and you've got to leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.